What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and we have an episode today with an interview from a Wolves guy here with the Lead Sports Media. It's Corbett Harrell. But after the interview, stay tuned. Ryan and I talk a little bit about the matchups and the teams that are coming up. Mainly, we hit on the Charlotte Hornets because I will have another podcast coming out during the middle of the week before the next game. So you'll have another episode in your feed on Thursday. And what we will do is make sure we review the games that are the Timberwolves and as well as the Hornets, but also preview more of the matchups and the games of the Suns as well as the Pelicans because, you know, we're going down to New Orleans for JV, and that's going to be a tough one. But that's going to be a must win. We can't go down to New Orleans, New Orleans, and take a loss to JV. We just traded away JV. We can't take a loss. So so stay tuned with that. Plus, we give our best bets. Um, and and if, you're, if you're checking out those best bets, also go check out our other podcasts that Ryan are on. We also have Cody there with us as well. We do free basketball on the Leeds Podcast Network. So go check out that. We give more in-depth best bets over there as well so a lot of good time a lot of good fun and some ways we can make you some money and speaking of money if you want to know where we get our best bets our info from go check out props cash you'll see down in the info just click that link it'll take you straight to the website that we use sign up and it helps out us so why not but but without further ado let's have some fun and get into more in-depth about the Timberwolves that we face tonight. Corbett takes us deep. It talks a lot about their three-point shooting, but also how they like to play, their style. And we start off on Disney World? Yeah, I didn't expect it, but he said he's been on vacation, so I love vacation, so I had to ask. So so you'll enjoy this uh, interview with Corbett. He's a good guy, and he's feeling good about this matchup. All right, this week we have with us a special guest. This is from the team we are playing tonight when you hear this. He is our Wolves lead guy, and he is the host of the Alley Ope. I'm not from the Midwest, the North, wherever. I don't know what it means, but let's go ahead and bring in Corbett Harrell. What's up, man? <laughs> not much, man. I was just kind of, um, you know, keep catching up with the season. Um, I, I actually was on vacation for like the first three games of the Wolves season. So I felt like I've been in catch-up mode since uh, since day one of the season. <laughs> vacation. That's yeah. my favorite word. Where'd you go? Yeah. I went to Disney World. Nice. Um, yeah, I took took our four year old down. So that's awesome. So, all right. So I know I have to go. I, I'm in the hotel business and in, in, in my actual real life, right? Yeah. I, 
I, I, we have a really nice hotel there and we're building onto it. So I know I'm going and it's probably yeah. going to be in 2022. Okay. Where do I need to go? Where do the listeners need to go when we go down? Okay. Well, I mean, it depends on the group you're going with. I mean, yeah. obviously if you have small children, uh, you, you're going to spend a ton of time in Magic Kingdom because that is the most welcoming to, to okay. little ones. Um, if you're a, mostly an adult party, Epcot has a lot to offer, especially in the ways of food. Um, outside of that, like there's something for everyone outside of the other parks. Animal Kingdom is so much more than a zoo. You could learn quite a bit and get through a lot more okay. and, and learn a good deal about it, but also uh, find some intriguing shows you won't find anywhere else. Huh. Um, and uh, Hollywood Studios, I mean, the biggest thing you can look at right now is Galaxy's Edge. You know, if you're a Star Wars fan, you go there and it's pretty immersive. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so yeah, like, like I said, I'm going to go, I do have two little girls, so I would imagine uh, and mm-hmm. I'm just, just a shot in the dark. I'm probably going to hang around a bunch of princesses at some point during while I'm there. Uh, and but... I could show you so many pictures of me with princesses. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's really what I, I think, uh, seeing Disney world in a kid's eyes, you know, yeah, it's cool for the parents. And, and like you said, mm-hmm. there are stuff for adults, so I don't want to, oh, yeah you know, think that I won't have fun, but Mm -hmm. seeing your kids light up, that has to be the best. Oh man. Yes, absolutely. You know, and unfortunately right now you you didn't get to do the same things. They can't run up and hug any of the characters right right now, you know, but you could still find ways for them to to interact and and just have an absolute joy of a time. Yeah. Um, You, you just kind of have to like, set their expectations about okay. how likely they're going to be able to do it because some of the characters you could get pretty close to and interact with to a degree because they can see you and you know they um but there are definitely times where you know they they may be like a whole story above you waving down at you so you just kind of have to make it about everything else um right. that they can experience there and um you know, my, my daughter went on her first, like, quote unquote, real roller coaster on this adventure. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. Okay. But she did it. New experience. Right. You know? right. <laughs> so, um, you know, she, she had just hit that, like, new height level where you're able to get into, like, so many new kinds of rides. And, yeah. Um, so, so she helped much- me pilot the Millennium Falcon as well. <laughs> That's cool. You know what? And that's the coolest deal about uh, sharing the experiences, you know, with you and your kid, because yeah. yes, you're not going to forget it, forget it ever. They mm-hmm. may or might not, who knows, right. Yeah. You know, it's right. hit or miss, but uh, it's cool that you'll have that experience and you're going to be able to do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's the coolest part. So um, is that a 10 out of 10 trip? Like something you have to do with your kid under 10? Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I own a timeshare there. So okay. like, That's it's, cool. it's happened. Like we actually took her right before they shut down with the pandemic. When it, when it all rolled out, we were in there in March, 2020 and she remembers stuff from that time. So wow. at That's four cool. years old, you know, she got to re-experience some of it in a little different way. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. Well, I am terrified of uh, roller coasters. I, I like the ones that are low to the ground, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, the ones, if heights, I'm not good with that. So I, well, I'm, I'm terrified. Heights is not really a big thing in Disney World roller coasters. Okay, good. Um, you know, they, they're pretty low, not many big drops. Um, there's only one big drop that I'm really familiar with. So okay. you may find enjoyment out of a number of them all right well we'll go from uh me being terrified of uh roller coasters <laughs> to me being terrified of the timberwolves as a matchup <laughs> for the grizzlies and we'll make that a seamless transition the t-wolves <laughs> come to the grindhouse they come down to memphis uh memphis mm-hmm. is on a nice little you know kind of home stay right now uh with this are going to be our long our longest uh kind of a home trip so far uh, we've been on the road mm-hmm. a lot away. Uh, right now, the Timberwolves are three and five. So it, it has been an up and down year. They started off pretty well. I, I don't know if that was due to the competition to now where in November they haven't won yet. Um, and they're, you know, they're struggling the last few games. So tell us a little bit about how they got here to the three and five record. Well, um, they they came out of the gates hot. Um they, they had a, a blowout over Houston, you know, it's obviously not Houston's not the greatest of teams right now, but considering the past of the wolves and, and what we were kind of hoping to happen this season, you know, that's the team you're supposed to blow out and just like run. All right. Yeah. So then they come in and face uh, Zionless new Orleans Pelicans team. And a little sloppier, but still take the W. But right. uh, it's a it's a back to back against them, and um, get kind of held down in game three against them. Uh, just just not playing the sharpest ball. Um, <clears throat> after that game, uh, Anthony Edwards came out and you know basically called it out and said like the team needs to do better. He's going to be more vocal and leadership Like that. They can't just keep the ball between the big three. Like, you know, it's a five on five game. You have to utilize all five players if you want to win. Right. You know, and they came back out and responded really well against, um, man, I'm blanking here at the moment. The bucks. Yes. The bucks. Yeah. They beat them at home, you know, in Milwaukee um responded very well held them down it was a wire to wire win um but uh and and then came out after that and while didn't win against the nuggets like took them right down to the wire right you know um and and there were chances there were situations there where you you kind of thought they might win it they didn't close very well and that was the bigger problem yeah and that's kind of been the problem since then yeah (laughs) and there were there are times where they're just not bringing the energy from the beginning, or kind of falling flat somewhere along the line. At the last game against the Clippers, at one point they had a twenty point lead and lost by twenty. So right now, if if I had to say something about where this team is at right now, it's um, you see, you're seeing the growing pains of a young team that's just figuring out exactly what 
they're capable of. Um, if they're running on full cylinders and everyone's going strong, they could beat any team out there right now for the most part. Um, right. Can they get all those cylinders moving? That's something that's kind of still up in the air right now. Uh, D'Angelo Russell being out these last few games is not helpful. It, you can definitely tell that the offense doesn't run as smoothly without him out there, even though he hasn't been playing his best games for the most part. And the Milwaukee game is the only one he actually played pretty well with. Um, but uh, it, it definitely seems like they're missing him in how they, they do offensive flow. Patrick Beverly is a good bench point guard right but he's not he's, he's not, not working quite as well yeah yeah, yeah and that's and that, that's what my question was about d'angelo do you think he plays tonight um you know against the grizzlies oh, man uh, it's so hard to say because um last i heard you know for when we're recording it um he he did practice um anthony edwards uh, stated very clearly that he believes he will be playing okay. on Monday. Um, but Coach Finch said after that that he did practice, but wasn't quite willing to commit to him being okay in the game. So it, I think it's going to be a much closer to game time decision. Maybe that morning, maybe shoot around. Who knows? But right. uh, I. I would say I would put it slightly above the 50% mark at this point. Well, that's uh Hey, we'll take a 50, 50 odds game time <laughs> decision kind of deal. Yeah. So they, uh, they've struggled in, in my opinion, just from outsiders looking in, you know, and looking at the stats, you know, 102 points per game and, you know, they're giving up only 106. So, it's not, yeah. you know, a big margin. Uh, the Grizzlies are at 108 and 113, so mm-hmm. roughly, you know, they're they're not far off in the numbers, you know, that that they have. Yeah. I'm guessing. Do you feel like this could be a lower scoring game, similar to the to the Minnesota style, or do you think it gets up to 110 to 15 per each team? Um, that that's hard to say right now. Um, right now. Um, this team for the Timberwolves has been playing some of the best defense we've seen it played in a number of years. In fact, um, during training camp, uh, Coach Finch did say that he felt the defense was further along than the offense. And honestly, you can see that when you watch this. Like the, the offense has struggled to figure out its pace, has struggled to figure out its flow, whereas the defense is uh, a top level defense right now in in how the league is playing um that said they they've had some quarters where they are just cannot stop it like um the clippers had historic level three shooting which you know i don't know how much of that really will end up falling on defense without going back and like reviewing tape extensively like you know, they, they were just, it felt like if they threw it up there, it was landing in the basket, regardless <laughs> of what was going on. Um, and I think that if the offensive flow, it doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as the offense isn't just sputtering along, 
they do seem to let the woes of the offense start to bleed into the defense. Okay. And when that happens, they are just giving up like easy runs, like open looks at baskets, the leaving the lane wide open. But when they're locked in, it, it's it's hard to score on them. It, yeah. I'd you know I'd be surprised if you get to the hundred point mark. Okay. So. So are, is there a matchup that you're looking at? Because as you talked about, you know, kind of the big three and, and Towns, mm-hmm. Russell, and Edwards, is there a matchup out of those three or, or somebody else that's on your team that you, that you like or dislike, you know, uh, matching up with the Grizzlies? Uh, one of the biggest questions about how um, teams are matching up with the Wolves right now is how they defend Carl Anthony Towns. Um, against the Clippers, they were doubling him before the ball ever even really went to him, before it left the, the passer's hand. Wow. They were on him. Part of that was that they and, and a few other teams are actually putting the power forward position onto Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. And leaving the center, the five, the traditional five, in the lane to handle whoever might be filling the power forward role on any given night with the Bulls, which is kind of a revolving door at this time. We don't really have a true starting caliber power forward out there. Um, It's going to be a problem. And depending on how the Grizzlies defend Carl Anthony Towns, uh, that could be a make or break matchup if he finds his groove because he has not been reaching the 20 shot mark the last few games yeah. at all if he can get a number of shots up and find his groove I, I like the wolves chances okay yeah i was looking at that you know just over you know just these these eight games he's shooting you know six probably an average of six three-pointers and he's shot 10 and twice eight three-pointers a Mm -hmm. game and the the least amount he's made was two in one game where he went two or five the rest of the games he's made three three or four three-pointers in every game and and that's a that's a good matchup and i and i was not i looked at carlton towns and i felt good you know at, at first uh just because we do have steven adams on our team but mm-hmm. as you were talking, I was digging more into his stats, and I think you're you're right on that matchup. That will be the make or break because the Grizzlies do run a little big uh, from mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson Jr. being long, but he also has foul trouble. Uh, he can go out and guard the guy, but I don't mm-hmm. know about kind of down the post. Is Carl Anthony Towns is he more is he a post up guy that you that you feel comfortable that he would take a smaller you know, maybe thinner, you know, guy down to the post, or you think he would stay and, you know, just kind of keep playing his kind of out, you know, outward style basketball. You know, that's, that's the trick with Carl Anthony Towns because his skill set works well in both areas. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to say exactly. It, um, I think he would definitely take advantage of it. And the way that some of the offense flows with, uh, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards uh, in the backcourt um, you would definitely find opportunities for him to to take the post up um, yeah. you know especially if 
if the doubles aren't nearly as strong as they were in the Clippers games. Yeah. Um, he, he would probably, um, more than likely dominate over a, a smaller player. He's, he's a little thinner and lighter than he has been. Okay. Um, but he, he's, uh, kind of stronger because of it. Um, he, he put a lot of work into his strength in this off season. Um, lighter on the weight, but, um, but definitely more muscular. So I think he would take advantage of it if he's given that opportunity. Um, but if you, you start clogging that lane, he's going to, he's going to pop out into the, the three point area and he can burn you very easily from there. Yeah. I was looking at the size and he's, you know, he, they, they have him listed on, you know, I'm looking through the ESPN stats of 248 pounds. Um, and so I looked at Jaron Jackson jr. Mm-hmm. He's 242. So it's yeah. not much difference. I just think of Jaron as being a very slender guy because he's grown roughly mm-hmm. four inches over the past, you know, year or two, just from you right. know when he came into the league. So he's now, maybe seven one maybe seven two nobody's really actually said what he's listed at but he's just he's just long and lanky which makes right. him kind of seem and not as much as carl anthony towns who's kind of filled into his his adult body we'll say his man bod um so i, I do think that matchup is is key I'm, I'm curious because the grizzlies do play a style of defense that this center kind of falls back into the lane more on the mm-hmm. on the pick and rolls on the switches he kind of falls back in which obviously and and this would not be good for the Grizzlies so that is I think would be a really big key matchup to watch because mm-hmm. if Carl Anthony Towns you know hitting three three of six mm-hmm. is is a good you know number right right if he gets hot and goes four of eight or five of ten that could be what flips the game because those are easy baskets because they're you know they're mm-hmm. just easy shots and then it opens up the lane. So, so a lot of people look at those numbers and say, yeah, it's not, it's really not that big a deal. You know, him hitting five three pointers. It's not that him, him hitting the five three pointers is the big deal. It's what it does to your defense. It completely opens up the lane, which allows for somebody who is very athletic, like Anthony Edwards, to just roam freely. And yeah. if he's roaming freely and he has one on one matchups, mm-hmm. uh, that's not good for the home team. Oh, no. Uh, Anthony Edwards is actually um, really good in isolation for this season. Um, the trick is, is he's throwing up. If you look at his overall numbers, his efficiency isn't looking that great. If yeah. you look at just his two-point numbers, mm-hmm. he's a much better player. For right. some reason, he's taking an incredible amount of threes, even though he isn't hitting them. Yeah. Um, he's taken more than than towns and he does hit the occasional big shot uh you know here and there but he heat checks a lot and that's yeah. you know young player thing but when he drives to the rim and and the coaching staff knows it he knows it honestly that that's his most dangerous ability like he can bust through almost anybody out there <laughs> you know it, it takes yeah. a really strong uh, post in there to, to kind of hold him back. Um, he, he, he yeah. like you said, that his field his field goals are incredible. Like just he's taken in in, in a couple games that I've seen. Yeah, two games mm-hmm. he's taken twelve three pointers. 
one game 11, one game 10. I'm sorry, two mm-hmm. games 10. That's a crazy amount of three-pointers from anybody, let alone right. you know somebody who's who's shooting at it. He's at a decent number. It's not terrible. He's right at 30%. No. So it's not terrible. But like you said, you can mm-hmm. tell those those numbers are a little inflated because of the heat check and the immature, you know, the immaturity that he's probably showing. Right. Yeah. And honestly, if he he ratios out more to the uh two two to one where uh, where he's driving two to every one shot he's taking out there his efficiency i would believe would climb like but incredibly um but it's definitely seeming like it's either one to one or sometimes even a little edged over to the three pointers and it's just not hitting for him enough to to warrant that and to to be fair it's not hitting for pretty much anybody on the team right now um (laughs) which has made it a lot tougher to get the ball to cat when um, no one else is hitting outside shots. It's hard to free him up. Yeah. And, and honestly, look at your team. It's really Anthony Evans and Carl Anthony Towns. And I, I'm not looking at uh, a lineup uh, with D'Angelo Russell. They're the ones taking the three-pointers mainly. Like other mm-hmm. people are. Uh, well, I guess yeah. Malik Beasley is as well. Um, right. Because <laughs> – I didn't realize that he took 16 three-pointers mm. the last game. Well, I will give – I will just share with you. I don't know how you feel about the matchup just yet. We'll get into that in just one second. But the, the Grizzlies just give up wide-open three-pointers like they're, like they're free candy at Halloween. Just a bucket yeah. – there's a bucket of three-pointers out there, and there's nobody home, and the, and the people who were there – they just left this big bucket of open three pointers just sitting there, and you can just take how many as you want. Like that's really what's happening. Like it's it's disgusting at times, but they feel like that's the way that their defense is working. And if you're on, such as the Grizzlies when they played against the Wizards, the Wizards were on. They weren't missing. It's game over. Like at that point, when you get momentum, these guys are professionals, and when these professionals get just a little bit of that swagger, get a little bit of that momentum. It's, it's, it's tough to turn them around. So I don't know if that will help you feel better about the matchup or not, but I think this is, it's not good if they're facing a team who likes to shoot three pointers, such as maybe the Timberwolves might be that night. Well, I can guarantee you that the wolves will like to shoot three pointers. They (laughs) actually lead the league in attempts per game. So, um, you're gonna if you're gonna leave that open, the wolves definitely could make you hurt for it, especially if D'Angelo Russell is back out there because he's a threat from pretty much any range. Um, yeah, which is is the benefit of having him back out there. Um, everybody on the team has worked on that shot. Some of them are not shooting up to potential in, in their past levels so far. So I do expect that to kind of start to even out. Okay. Uh, like a Torian Prince, who traditionally has had a much better shooting, like he's shooting terribly compared to his career numbers. Um, he, he would probably start to even out. He picked it up a little bit the last game. Um, uh, we've got, 
Beverly, once he should be back out there in a normal role, it yeah. will be a deep threat. Um, we'll we'll get um, Jalen Noel out there if he gets a shot in the rotation, depending on how it works. He's he's a threat from. He's kind of got a, a D'Lo kind of shot chart ability. <laughs> right. Um, so he could he could hit from anywhere. It's just whether or not he's rolling at any given point. Um, there's threats out there if we're given enough chances, um, and they do like to take their chances. But if yeah. if the Grizzlies leave it open, uh, the Wolves will definitely take advantage of it. Well, like I said, they're going to be open, and that's really <laughs> that's that's somehow it's so frustrating. And I've talked about this, and, and just kind of you know just pretty much diagnosing the defense on, on a podcast is so hard without yeah. video, but really just, it, it just, it's so frustrating because what the Grizzlies like to do, I like to run a, a defense that is more show and less go. They are mm-hmm. more go and less show. Like they, when they see a double team or they see, you know, a rotation, they go out to the shooter instantly. There is no yeah. show like, Hey, let's try to confuse you. It's an instant go which creates if, if there's ball movement, which, you know, if a good team, if you rotate the ball fast enough, you'll get plenty of wide open shots. And so that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but we, you know, one more thing before we have our predictions on here, um, mm-hmm. is there a player that the Grizzlies fans just need to watch somebody that's underrated in your eyes that you're like, man, this dude is the real deal. You got to watch him because he might not be a known person just yet, but he's one of your favorite players or somebody that we just should keep our eyes on for this matchup. Okay. Um, Jaden McDaniels. Okay. Uh, he's kind of been the underrated steal of the draft for us. Like Anthony Edwards is definitely a, a star in the making, but Jaden yeah. McDaniels has been a, a defensive stalwart out there from almost go last season. Um, he is running into a bit of foul trouble this time okay. um, so far this season, but he has length. Um, he, while the official stats don't show it, all the beat writers seem to believe that after growing a little bit, because mm-hmm. he's 20, um, that he is the tallest player on the team. Really? <laughs> and he's lengthy. He's quick. Um you know, for a big, he also tends to defend the point of attack a lot. Um, he's he's one of the most mobile defenders out there, and he does catch you with, um, you know, uh, recovery blocks quite a bit. He, he threw a bunch over there. I'd, you know, if you get a chance, I would definitely recommend watching some highlights on him because he was one of the the fun bright spots, especially if you enjoy some defense. So we we're just hoping that one, he gets the foul trouble under control and um, he, if he gets his three ball, you know, the catch and shoot three to, to heat up a little for him, he's Mm going to be such a a good piece for us going forward. Yeah. I I just looking through his stats and kind of looking at his uh, style of play just from, you know, just kind of very briefly looking at it. I think you're going to be very impressed with uh, a player like Kyle Anderson, who's on mm-hmm. the Grizzlies. 
he seems to be more like him tall long lanky uh very dedicated to defense once you find your shot your three-point shot you can be deadly and that's really yeah. what uh, the Grizzlies are looking at with Kyle Anderson is if he can just hit two three-pointers a night like that can make your your defensive you know guy be so mm-hmm. much more important on your team so I, I think that is somebody that you would look at and be like, okay, that's where I can see Jay McDaniels getting to at some point one day because that's kind of where Kyle is finding his niche now is is that direction. But uh, but let's go ahead and get into it uh, as we wrap it up. What's your expectations or your predictions on this game? Um, it a lot of it's going to roll with if D'Angelo Russell is back. If he is not. I find that the offense is going to struggle um, if if they let it bleed over into the the defensive game like they did against the Clippers that they could end up walking home sad after this one <laughs> with a fourth straight loss or a fifth straight loss. Um, if D'Angelo Russell is back, however, I feel like the team is not gonna take kindly to trying to lose a fifth straight game they're you know they're gonna start chirping at each other out there and i i think they're gonna push as hard as they can to bury the grizzlies as quick as possible if they do leave open as many threes as you think i'm seeing a 15 point win okay well i yeah so it it scares me more after talking to you because looking through their stats of how many three-pointers they take mm-hmm. that worries me because all it takes is a few of those to go in and then what happens then it's not that player continuously killing you the rest of the night it's Jade mcdaniel's getting those easy uh mm-hmm. you know dunks that are running through the lane wide open or any mm-hmm. even anthony edwards just you know just strolling through and dunking i think this game is going to be higher and going to go over whatever the number is and I'm, i've been looking and waiting the number has not come out yet as a, this yeah. recording. Uh, the Grizzlies are picked to win uh, 58%, uh, just yeah. a, just straight up. So it, it does look to be, you know, probably a five to six point line mm-hmm. if, if people are betting out there that they should win by five or six. I would imagine just by, by looking at these numbers. And I think that that's a dangerous number. And I think in, I, I'm going to go along with you that this game is going to be a 10 plus win yeah, a 10 plus point win by somebody. I think it easily could be Minnesota just for the simple fact Mm -hmm. that you hit your threes and you're done. Oh yeah. Don't hit your threes. I think you're done as well because the Grizzlies will get up and down the court and they'll do try to do the push the pace of play. So I think it will be very key for, you know, if they hit them or not, the Grizzlies are going to go, they can go so many different directions, whether it's John Morant getting to the, getting into the lane Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly is going to be very crucial to stopping jaw. And I think that will be one of the more important key matchups as well to watch is how well uh, Patrick Beverly or D'Angelo Russell, you know, if he plays, uh, is mm-hmm. able to keep jaw the lane, but D'Angelo Russell will not be on John. <laughs> I would, I, if D'Angelo Russell is playing, I expect Jaden McDaniels to be on job. Really? Yes. So a six, we'll say 10, whatever, six, 10 plus on Ja. Wow. That would be, yep. that'd be cool. That's going to be cool to watch. 
Well, yeah. I'm excited, man. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you coming on here. I love finding out more about other teams because me looking at the stats means nothing, right? It, yeah. But hearing about it, learning their kind of their pace of play, their style of play, what their struggles are, because before then I'm looking at, yeah, they're on a losing streak, right? But mm-hmm. what are their problems? Is it just something small? They just need, you know, is it an injury? So it's very insightful for me as a Grizzlies fan, but also the fans of the show, uh, because I know they they appreciate it. So uh, anything you have going on or anything that uh, people can uh, find you on, check you out. Well, I mean, obviously I, I'm contributing on the lead, mostly on the, the WNBA side so far. Um, the, I, I've been taking a bit of a pause on the Alley-Ope just because of um, my hectic schedule over this last right. month with the vacation, but I am uh, getting back out to it and I, I'm going to be trying to cover a little bit more of uh, basketball here in Minnesota. I am getting out to uh, the first uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers game um, nice. of, of the season or not their first game, my first game. Right, right. And, uh, and I'm going to try and start to, to sprinkle a little bit of college ball in there with it. So nice. All right. Well, if you like Minnesota basketball in any form, it can be professional. <laughs> it can be amateur, uh, whatever you're looking for, check out the alley. Ope. he will have uh, plenty of material for you. But I just want to thank you for coming on here. He is Corbett Harrell with the alley. Ope. Once again, thank you to Corbett for coming on. It was a it was a great interview. We had a lot of good time. But that's enough about the stinky Timberwolves. Let's head into more about your Grizzlies. They are taking on the Timberwolves tonight, but Wednesday they have another game against the Hornets. I have with me now Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey man. How uh how are you doing? You know, beautiful, beautiful day for the people. But, yeah, we have these the Hornets coming in, and Ryan knows a little bit more about these Hornets. And so let's break down the matchup a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. I don't want to get too too involved. He knows how to bet against them, people. Yes. (laughs) I have broken the code. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the Hornets not good at? Uh, Winning the first half. There we go. That's all you need to know. They are a second half team. That is for sure. Specifically third quarters. They have sucked all year long in first half. The only game they have actually won or outscored a team in the first half was the Orlando Magic, and it was by two points. Um, Besides that, they're 10 and one or one and 10, excuse me, 10 and one. I'm thinking because of the actual amount (laughs) of bets I've won. Um, (laughs) One in 10 to start this season on the Charlotte Hornets to win the first half. Now they come out in the third quarter like gangbusters and usually outscore teams by eight to 12 points. And it's a game, but the first half they suck. So they're really streaky. They don't have a big, really. I mean, they have a big quote unquote, uh, but they play small and fast. Right. Um, And so if they don't start out hot, which 10, 11 games in, would say no um they're gonna come out in the second half so first half you've got to take take full advantage build the lead 
So you can kind of ride off that when they make their inevitable run in the third, mid through the third, early fourth. Yeah, and as you said, they are uh, a team that likes to get up and down the court, uh, play with a little bit of flow. They are not good at closing out games. They're not good at closing out halves, in all honesty. So a team like this is is very important to get up on, but also like know that even if you are out of it, you they will allow you to work yourself back into the game. And this is very important for the Grizzlies. After that Washington win, I don't want to revisit it. It was trash. Washington absolutely just destroyed the Grizzlies. Bar none, on every facet of the game, they beat them. And so I don't want to revisit that. But it was, a, a all in all, it was a, a pretty good week. The Grizzlies are playing well so far, and I think that they are a good matchup for this Hornets team. They can take care of business against the Timberwolves. And because of the matchup, I like them against the Charlotte Hornets as well. We're going to have another pod in the end, uh, breaking down the matchups that are going to be with the Phoenix Suns, which is Friday, and then a back-to-back on the road. They're going to travel down to New Orleans against the Pelicans. So we'll we'll revisit those and break down those matchups as well as kind of review and uh, what happened within the Timberwolves and the Hornets game. But I, I, I like my matchups there for both. As long as the Timberwolves aren't able to shoot the, the three ball with, with a high percentage, the Grizzlies should win that game. But if they allow them to shoot too many open three-pointers, then the Timberwolves will easily take that matchup, as well as the Hornets. If they can't guard the three-point line, they're going to have problems. But what I have a problem with and what, what we've talked about in the past, I like and don't like about the Grizzlies' offense. Ryan, is there something that either you like or don't like, or is there something that's frustrating to you about the way their style, whatever they're doing and how they play? Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things right now that I don't know if it boils down to that. It's kind of like a, look, we've started out pretty good. We've played some, a really difficult schedule, I would say to start the season. And now it's time to cruise a little bit. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's just effort based, but like the wizards game and the nuggets, like the nuggets absolutely sucked both right. games really. And you know, the first game they beat them by nine or whatever it was, but it's hard. It's not hard to beat a team that scores 97 points. And then the <laughs> next game, what came down to a Jokic shot around the basket that he usually makes. He did um, get fouled by the way. And, and well, whatever. Um, usually refs while the whistles that late. Right. Um, but the, 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 and especially with the wizards, the Grizzlies just look completely lackluster. I don't know if it's just because of the hot start they had the beginning of the season, first couple of weeks, there's a number one team in offensive rating worst in defensive rating. Yeah. The almost worst in defensive rating has stuck. The offensive rating has fallen all the way back down to middle of the pack. So is it just that quickly that they've been figured out by offenses already? Uh, that's what I'm not sure. And I think we're going to need more games to see if it's, it truly is something that the Grizzlies are going to have a problem with um, because it seems very, very jaw centric without JV that if jaw is not creating and getting into the lane and finishing, there's nothing else going on. 
Um, and so that is kind of my problem with it right now is that you watch the Wizards game, Montrezl Harrell kind of gives a body to Jaw. Yeah. Daniel Gafford blocks Jaw's attempt and I think blocks him again, actually. And Jaw was just kind of done after that. Yeah. So if he's not attacking, what else is, what are else we're getting from the other guys? And right now it's not much. It's just standing around here. You take it. It's your turn. Or they try to do some motion. As soon as the motion is guarded, all right, take us to the house, man. We're just going to stand here and watch you do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very heavy jaw reliant right now, which that I don't love right now. Okay. Well, I'm kind of on the same point as you, but I do want to play some good cop, bad cop real quick and see what your thoughts are. And then we'll get our predictions and get out of here. I'll, I'll be the good cop in this factor. I want the Grizzlies to run this style of offense. And I want you to tell me, you know, why it would not work. The Grizzlies used JV last year as kind of the high big, to come and give the ball to and run different pick and rolls off of to where you can easily pass the ball and be a facilitator. They have used Steven Adams in that role, and I have absolutely loved it. So I want the Grizzlies to throw the ball, actually throw it, not have not have Steven Adams come up and set the pick all the time. That's okay, too, because you want to be able to keep the ball in Jaw's hand. But – allowing Steven Adams to come out near the three-point line, not all the way extended because there's no reason for that. But if you go ahead and bring him up above the free throw line in that little bubble and pass Steven Adams the ball and then follow your pass and run little quick, easy picks off of that, that works. And I don't understand why they don't do it. So tell me why they don't do that as much as they should. Um, I don't know if it's just teams starting to, well, teams not starting to, everyone knows that you've got a wall off jaw from getting into the paint. Right. Uh, the problem is when that breaks down, the guards are used to JV last year where they could throw it to him in the post and they didn't have to do anything because JV was going to go score. Steven Adams yeah. does not want to do that. Um, Steven Adams wants to be very complimentary. He wants to be the receiving on the receiving end of passes. He doesn't want to be creating the passes. Now he can on the perimeter. We've, we've, we said that before the season that he was going to surprise people with his perimeter passing and touch on movement. The problem is they haven't been getting into that movement and it's turned into, let me get a side screen from Adams. Got the role. Oh, he's got his man on the block, throw him the ball. And yeah. Steven Adams, you see when he catches the ball, he's looking for two seconds at least, which in the NBA is eternity. Right. He's looking to see if somebody's cutting. Past couple of games, no one's been cutting. So he's had to try to back people down. That's not Steven Adams' game. And maybe this is the part where why we take the training wheels off with JV. Now the guards kind of understand, okay, we can't just throw the ball to Steven Adams and expect him to go score 20 and 14 every night. He's just not going to do it. Uh, So they have to get either move Adams out, like you said, keep the motion going, and you can't bog down. You can't throw the ball to Steven Adams and just expect that this man is going to back down his defender 
and going to score ISO in the post. He's just not going to, and that's not what he wants to do. And it's a misuse of him. Um, so if you're going to use him that way, then play somebody else um, <laughs> that can actually halfway do it. I mean, give Jaron more touches like that. If that's your end goal, like let him work in the post. He'll do it. He's tried. He's shown flashes that he's uh, starting to um, actually finish them. He's gotten fouled a couple times on him as well when he's gotten into the post. So if that's what you're going to do with the pick and roll and you're going to throw it to a guy in the post and say, bail me out, then let's do it to someone else besides Steven Adams, please. Like we have enough track record with him that it's not going to go well for a long period of time anyways. Yeah, I agree. And man, I just, I hope they figure it out because the ball it stalls way too much right now. And I don't understand what the reason of that is, but it's mainly jaw just dribbling so much. And I don't, I don't know why he wants to be the creator that is really isn't getting anybody else involved in the game. It's really him trying to take over and that's it. It's jaw ball. And, and, and I don't, I wouldn't be, I'm not a big you know fan of that type of basketball. Cause that's more of LeBron ish basketball. I like when Tyus Jones comes in and is able to facilitate more and creates, you know, a little bit of, you know, friction on the defense. Like it makes them have to react. And that's when you get wide open, you know, corner threes from Zaire Williams. And so I hope this is maybe what they try to start doing or just changing it up in, in some different way. So, uh, yeah, but, I, but to give, I want to give some flowers to Tyus Jones because if you watch the games closely or go back and rewatch them based on the effort in the three games last week, you can make a reasonable case that if Tyus Jones doesn't have the week that he has with the effort we gave and the Denver Nuggets not sucking, like if the Denver Nuggets were the right. normal Denver Nuggets from the field, we're 0-3 last week. Ooh. I think we lose all three games if Tyus wow. Jones is not hot for that week, which that's kind of the story of the NBA, right? Because yeah. based on statistics right now, the Grizzlies, if you were to project based on the games and the stats, they're three and six. So wow. I think we should be consider ourselves lucky that yeah. we're above 500 right now. And it's kind of like the Dallas Mavericks, like they're six and three. It's like, how um, you watch them. And there's like, there's no way that's an above 500 team right now. And the Grizzlies the past week do not look like an above 500 team. Or is it a little bit of luck? That's what we're going to find out. Yep. Well, speaking of that, let's go ahead and get to the schedule. The Grizzlies are five and four as of right now. And they have the Timberwolves, a uh, three game, you know, homestand Timberwolves, Hornets on Wednesday. Then they have the Suns on Friday. And then they go on the road on a back to back to the Pelicans. Ryan, give me the record for this week. I look, I'm going to go on the bright side because the pessimist in me, after watching them the past week, I want to say one and three, Woo! but I'm going to say two and two. And that's bright side. Okay. Um, I just watching this team right now, it just does not look like a team that's very engaged and relying on someone to have a hot night. Um, so our September was probably like is job going to probably go off on the Timberwolves? I would think so. Um, the Hornets second best three point shooting team in the NBA right now. That's horrible for the Grizzlies. The Timberwolves <laughs> take a ton of threes. Like you said, 
Um, the Suns are just going to work you to death. Uh, so I think two of the games will kind of be up in the air. And I, I think there will be two where they will be soundly beaten. Um, but then I do think they'll just beat the Pelicans. It's time. We can't continue to lose to the Pelicans with a um, playing JV in our first game back, right? Playing yeah. the Grizzlies. Can't lose to them. No, you can't. Um, and I really want to go to that game. And I had all plans to go down to New Orleans. Yeah. I, I had everything set up. I have my one of my hotels is down there, not too far uh, from the, the Smoothie King Center, I believe. And my daughter has a soccer game. It's the last mm. game of the year. Mm. Not, not in the cards for me on that mm, one. So I had to game. opt out. If there's anything yep. but the last game, you'd be all right. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I, I look at this week, and I, I think that the Timberwolves game is going to go one way or the other. I, I think it's a 10-point win by one of the one of the other teams, and I think the Grizzlies can go ahead and get out in front. They do shoot a lot of three-pointers, but they are not a high-scoring team. So, yes, the Grizzlies aren't great at defense, but – they don't really score at a high level. So I think the Grizzlies can just really outscore them. And I, and I know it's, that sounds so stupid and simple, but I just think they can get up to the 115 mark. And I think it will be hard for the Timberwolves to kind of stay with them. Uh, but the next team, the Charlotte Hornets, it is a road game for the Charlotte Hornets. It is the third game in four nights coming to Memphis on their way back home from the West Coast, I think it's going to be a tough game for them. I know they're going to want to win, and I know they are young or younger than other teams, other big NBA teams. I think that's going to be a plays and factor for the Grizzlies, and so I think they can easily win that game uh, if they play well enough. But then it's the Suns and the Pelicans. So overall, I'm going to go ahead and give them a three-in-one week. Wow, Man. very optimistic. Very optimistic. So I'm going to say they have a chance of going 4-0. I'm not going to lie. They wow. really do because Aiton has play, has been out, hit or miss at times. Even if Aiton does play, I feel good about Steven Adams in the, those games. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they are 3-1 because I, I do believe they will take a loss to the Suns at home but they could easily win that game and go down to New Orleans and pick up another win in a revenge game and against our heat, heated rival in the Pelicans. So. <laughs> the JV love. Yep. The JV hive will be out, and I'll be watching and hoping that JV does not embarrass us because <laughs> I will be upset. Um, but that's all we have. Ryan, do you have a best bet this week at all on any of these games anywhere? I – I'm kind of waiting for things to come out and get solidified. I don't love the Grizzlies minus five and a half right now against the Timberwolves. The total is what I would look at uh, because I do think this is an up and down game. Now the Grizzlies, if you know anything about the Timberwolves, they want to get up and down because they suck in half court. They just cannot <laughs> score. They have one of the worst offensive ratings in the NBA and it's because they cannot score in half court. Um, and they rely on those threes to go in. So I think this could be a more up and down game. So I'm going to be waiting for that total to come out. If it's anything, like all the totals have been like 
so low this year it's been kind of unbelievable and i haven't played them because it's so scary that they're even that low like some games being a 206 total is just that's scary it's frightening because it should easily go over that every time um and then more often than not it's gone under like both teams like some of these teams aren't even scoring 75 points uh so it's it's been pretty rough to start now we know it'll level out but i'm interested to see what the median for that's going to be this year with less fouls so is it going to be in the two like in the mid-teens or is it the early 20s mid-20s like it has been the past couple years uh but if this total is 223 to 225 i'm going over i i just think this is a shootout i really do and it's going to be up and down fast pace and so that's that's what I look for. If it's anything 230, then I'm not going to mess with it. But I think if this line comes out 223 to 224 and a half, I'm going to play the over on this Timberwolves-Grizzlies game. Yeah, that could be uh, a sneaky little get. Uh, so a couple of things I am watching. If, we ha- if you've been paying attention to the Grizzlies as of late, they're trying to work Jaron Jackson Jr. into the game very early. The last two games, Jaron has had the first basket of the game in both games, but also the first basket for the Grizzlies. They are getting the ball to him somewhere near the paint. And I went ahead and just looked at it. It's plus 650 for Jaron. So that's something you don't want to hit hard, but, you know, 10 bucks on that. It's not not bad. A lot of your sports books, you can get, you know, first basket bets back if your guy doesn't hit. Uh, so just go check that out. Another one I will be watching on is another player prop, and it will be either Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, um, just looking at their three-point lines because they are taking nearly 10 three-pointers a game. And so if, Each if of them? A, Each of them are? Th- yeah, they're all taking roughly 10 three-pointers a game, and as Jesus. well as Malik Beasley. So Jesus. if they're shooting 30%, if that number is two and a half, over under two and a half three pointers. Look at that. If anybody is a you know over under one and a half three pointers, that should be an easy one to hit because the Grizzlies do give up a lot of three pointers. So check out those lines uh, for sure because those will be what I'm all over. And as I've said, this game I think is going to be a ten point win one way or the other. So if you want to take an alternate line minus nine and a half Timberwolves or minus nine and a half Grizzlies. You're probably looking at plus 170 on the Grizzlies and probably plus 350 on the Timberwolves. So if you want to check out those, uh, that will be a different crazy line. Uh, so just check out those. I will make sure I drop out, drop them my best bets on Grizzly. Also uh, on my Twitter account at Daniel Greer uh, to make sure we have those. But uh, but that's all we have. Ryan, do you have anything else this week? Um, no, just free basketball. Um, and. That's about it. I have nothing else, man. Enjoy right, this uh, fall weather and it getting dark at six p.m. Yeah, it's it's very, very not it's not fun, right? Let let's no. get let, let's switch that up. Let's change that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, I don't know who we need fast to talk forward. to. Yeah. Fast forward eight months. <laughs> what is going on? Why is it so dark? It's so weird. <laughs> There's no more farmers. They're not here anymore. What are we doing? <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you to our producer, Cody, for always uh, managing behind the glass, doing good things. You got it, guys. Always glad to be here for you. All right. Thank you, everyone. 
Enjoy the week. What a week. Let's get some dubs. Be nice and tell your friends.